Hello, and welcome to Birth of Family Church Podcast. We trust that you'll find an encouraging word to strengthen your walk with the Lord. And if you're visiting the area, or if you're looking for a good church home, come check us out at birthedfamilychurch.org. There you can find our location and service times. Thanks again for tuning in. God bless. Get your Bibles out, your Bible apps out. Uh, if you're taking notes, uh, just get your notepad out and uh, your pen ready. Glory to God, or fire up your tablet or what you're, whatever you're using. Hallelujah. You know, uh, when Jesus was teaching in the home of Martha and Mary, Mary was the one with her Bible open, so to speak. She was the one that had the notepad out and the pen. I'm bringing this story into the now. You know what I'm saying? She, you could tell that she was hungry. The Bible says that she was sitting at the feet of Jesus to listen to his voice. But you know, his, his sister Martha, was, she was just out, you know, doing this and doing that in the natural realm. And Jesus said that Mary had purposed to receive the, the good part, which is the Word of God. You know, if you and I would approach the Word of God like Mary, that we really believe that His book is speaking to us, it's a deal changer. That's when light and revelation comes. If I'm just sitting down, you know, just listening, and I'm just letting my mind go off here, and I'll let my mind go off there, and oh, yeah, he's windy tonight. You know, and you, you know, you're, in this, you're in this mental realm. You know what you're going to get that night? Zero, zilch, nada. <laughs> Amen? But if you, if, you, if you allow your spirit to take control of your mind and you keep it focused, you're going to get some heavy revies from the Word of God. Amen? So right now, Father, we purpose to be like Mary. Spiritually speaking, we're now seated at the feet of Jesus. And we're purposing to get revelation by the Holy Spirit tonight in this time of hearing your word. So we declare that we'll see that which is unseen. We'll be able to receive wisdom of that which is not taught in the schools and the colleges. And we will sit at your feet, Jesus, and you will help each one of us individually. Wherever we are in you, you will touch us. We thank you for it now in Jesus' name. Amen. So several weeks ago, I believe it was, we started talking about prosperity, a part of our redemption. And when I started into this, it was, it, it was my thought that it was going to be a one and done, that we just get in there and get out, you know. But the Lord uh, really spoke to me saying that we need to kind of rest here for a little bit and talk about God's will for us to prosper financially. And the reason is, is because this is an area of weakness 
in the body of Christ. And in the same way that I purpose that no one in Birthed Family Church is going to struggle with sickness and disease, I also purpose in my heart that no one here at BFC is going to struggle financially. How many of you are tired of going week to week in, in your finances? I mean, a lot of us. I mean, we're, we're going week to week. In fact, some of us, you know, go for five days and, and struggle for two days before the next check comes in. And that's not the way God never intended to be that way. Understand that money is a facilitator. It empowers you to do things. It empowers you to take care of your family. And you know, we have a promise from the Word of God that we're going to leave an inheritance for our children's children. Did you hear me? That means that I'm purposing in my heart to have an inheritance for my grandkids. Hallelujah. Not just, you know, a relationship with Jesus Christ, but also in this financial realm. Amen? And so tonight, let's just kind of park here for a little bit. How about we just take our time? How about we just suck the revelation out of the Word of God along this subject matter and get it in us? See, the only word that'll do us any good is the word of God we get in us. Because that's the place where you start practicing it, putting it into motion, and that's when the blessing comes. So, how about we get on the same page? We're talking about godly prosperity. I'm not talking about prosperity that, that you can receive in the world. You know, you can prosper in the world. How many of you know that Las Vegas is prospering? Amen. They're keeping the lights on. They're, they're doing okay. How many of you know the mafia is doing all right? Huh? Right? How many of you know the banks are doing okay? How many of you know the people in Wall Street, they're doing okay? They, there is a world's way to prosper. But I'm talking about God's way. And it's, it's 180 from how the world gets it. Amen? So let's get a definition. What is God talking about when we keep saying that it's his will for us to prosper? Let me give you a working definition. Prosperity, financially speaking, as a, a member in particular in the body of Christ, means to have an overflowing supply. God's prosperity is to have a overflowing supply or to be abundantly blessed. It's interesting. Remember, Jesus says, I've come that you might have life and that you might have it what? Abundantly. You see, God's never in the middle of the road. Anything that he gives us, it'll be exceedingly above. Your salvation is exceedingly above all that you could ask or think. He didn't just give you a little dab that you just kind of barely squeaked through to heaven. No, he placed God, the Holy Spirit, inside you. He gave you his nature. He put his righteousness on you. He gave you your, his authority. When he provided healing for our physical body, he didn't just, you know, 
you know, let us get around on crutches, you know, at least I'm alive. No, he, he, he gave us a, a healing that will get us to the place where we walk in divine life. And when a virus, a sickness, a bacteria touches us, it'll die instantly. The sickness won't even come on you and I. That's what's been provided. And the same is true in this realm of having an abundant supply financially. I'm telling you, it's too much. And when you start recognizing that, you'll start seeing it all through the Bible. For example, I, I, I went to catechism as a good Lutheran boy. And I praise God for my Lutheran group, uh, roots. It, it, it at least pointed me in the right direction to the person Jesus Christ. So I, I'm not downgrading my experience with the Lutheran church one bit. But in catechism, they taught me the 23rd Psalm. And probably you could all quote it. I used to be able to. But anyway, did you notice that in the 23rd Psalm, it says that he anoints our head with oil? How did he do that? It says that my cup does what? It runs over. Well, wouldn't God know when enough anointing was enough? And he would stop? But no. He kept pouring it out. My cup does what? It runs over. How about uh, when Jesus was multiplying the loaves and fishes? Don't you think Jesus knew how many people were there? Don't you think he knew when he should stop breaking the bread that that was enough to feed everybody, but he kept doing what? Blessing it and multiplying it. And they had 12 baskets left over. He's too much. I said, he's too much. When Jesus pointed out, hey, Peter, take the boat over there. Yeah, we've been fishing all night, Jesus. There's nothing out here. All right, I'll do it. <laughs> he drops his net down where Jesus told him to, and there were so many fish going into the net that it started to break the net. Don't you think Jesus would have known how many fish his net could hold? In fact, Peter filled up his boat and he, he spoke to his partners and said, I need help. And they came over and both ships began to sink because they had too much fish in the boat. Don't you think God would have known when enough fish was enough fish? He's a too much God. Understand that he can only give us what we believe him for. Remember what Jesus said? According to your faith, be it done unto you. We stop believing when we have just enough to make the car payment. Yeah. Well, I got it. Well, no, I want to believe for more than the car payment. Yeah. I want to believe for something I can tuck away in the savings account. Yeah. Amen. Amen. And so we need to start picturing God as being too much. Too much. He's not a little dabble do you kind of a, a God. He's a too much God. He likes to show off. And you'll see that through Scripture. That he, that's his nature, to give you more than you need in every area. 
Some will say, well, that's being wasteful. Give me a break. If I've got too much money, then I can help others around me. How's that a waste? Hallelujah. Now, let's get a biblical scripture to define what we just said about what prosperity is. Remember, we said that prosperity, God's prosperity, is an overflowing supply, an abundantly blessed person. Turn over to 2 Corinthians chapter 9, and I'm going to show you the definition for the godly prosperity from God's book. You ready for it? 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 8. Now, look here. It says that God, are you with me tonight? Not one person. Are you with me tonight? Huh? Are you awake? Are you thinking about what you're missing on TV tonight? Are you here? You're here. Verse 8 says that God is what? Able. Able to do what? To make all grace. Everybody say all grace. Abound towards you. All grace to receive what? Remember, grace is a gift from God. Your salvation was a gift from God. By grace are you saved through faith. Your healing is a gift from God. Your righteousness is a gift from God. The protection that God has given you is the grace of God towards you. Everything that God gives us by grace has already been purchased and paid for and made available to every believer through the great plan of redemption. So godly prosperity, you're going to find out, is a gift, a free gift that's already been purchased and you access it by faith to access the grace. And he gave us the grace too, along with the faith. Now, check this out. We're getting to the definition of godly prosperity. So this gift of prosperity comes to us through all grace. Here's the definition. That you, the one that is receiving his gift of an overflowing supply according to his grace, you will always have. When? Always. Have what? All sufficiency in what? All things. So you may abound. Notice it doesn't say just get, just barely get by. No, it says to abound to what? Every good work. You see the purpose of having too much? It's not only to bless you individually and yours but so that you have enough for others. You don't know how many times I've been in line at the grocery store and I see someone struggling to pay their, you know, the the grocery bill and I just want to just go over there and pay it for them. Haven't you ever felt that way? Well, guess what? It's up to me to believe for godly prosperity so I can do that. 
because in that moment of time, my heart was just, just reaching out to that person. That means it was a good work that I didn't have the means. Now, who's bad is that? That's on me. Right? Oh, that hand grenade got really close. Did, did you get hit by that? Just a little bit? Just a, did that one hit you? D did you see the definition of what we've been given in terms of godly prosperity? It's always having all sufficiency in all things and may abound to every good work. That needs to get into our spirit. That's ours right now. That's who you are right now. You're one that has all sufficiency all the time towards all things. Right now, in real time, you're able to abound to every good work. That's your DNA in your spirit. Now, if you let your spirit start believing for that, it'll start manifesting in your life. Now, don't let your mind go off and say, well, you don't understand. I'm on a, I'm on a fixed income. Well, that you, you're not in faith. You're not in faith. Well, you, don't, you don't get it. I retired. You retired from believing God? You, you, you're retired from believing him for what he's given you through redemption in, in having an overflowing supply? Remember, this verse starts out with God is able. God is able to help the single mom. God is able to take care of the widow. God is able to talk to the retiree. He, he's, he's able. But according to my faith, is it done unto me? If I take the word of God and say, well, that can't work because I'm, I'm this or I'm that, then, it, then, then this word is not in your heart in terms of seeing that it's the will of God for you to be blessed. Don't get quiet on me tonight. Don't, don't go on off, oh boy, he's being really rough tonight. No, we, we got to get this religious thinking out of our being. Amen? All right, now. I'm going to give you the ladies' version. I'm going to give you this on a double-barrel shotgun. Are you ready for 2 Corinthians 9, 8 from the Amplified version? Check the, Now, this has got to become real to you and I. If you walk out of here tonight and go, oh, I wish that was true, I'm going to smack you the backside of your head. And, and just kick you, you know, in your butt. Come on now. This is the word of God. This isn't me talking tonight. This is the word of God. Amen. Check this out. 2 Corinthians 9, 8 from the Amplified. God is able. Everybody say, God is able. Now check out what he's able to do to you in your situation. No matter where you are in life, he's able when I turned 65, he didn't all of a sudden go, well, I'm no longer able. No, he's God. He's the same. He changes not. God is able to make all grace, every favor, and earthly blessing come in abundance to you. Start visualizing that in your heart. 
that you may always, you may always, you may always, under all circumstances, regardless of the need, have a complete sufficiency in everything, being completely self-sufficient in Him, and have an abundance, everybody say abundance, abundance. for every good work and every act of charity. Hallelujah. So it's God's will for us to prosper. Well, you don't understand, Pastor. I punch a clock. I, they only give me so many hours a week. Well, I'm telling you, there's more than that. There, 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 he'll make, he, he, we sang he's the way maker. Hello? That wasn't just a song. That's the true nature of God. Now, we know that the Word of God is the will of God. So let's keep cinching this down because I can tell we need this. Go to the third epistle of John, chapter 1, verse 2. I'm reading from the English Standard Version. Third John, 1, 2. This is like just before Jude and Revelation in the back end of the New Testament. 3 John 1, 2. He says, Beloved, so he's talking to the believer. Beloved means loved of God. That's you. Those who have received the love of God. He says, I pray that. So this is what John is praying for those that are loved of God. In all things, I pray that in all things, I pray that in all things, you may what? Be prosperous. And be in health, even as your soul prospers. Well, that's pretty, pretty clear, isn't it? It's the will of God for us to be prosperous. And we already defined what prosperous means, right? According to the Word of God. Go on over to Deuteronomy chapter 8. Hallelujah. I'm getting excited about being prospered. Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 18. He says that you shall remember the Lord your God who gives you power. He gives you what? Power to get what? To get what? To get wealth. In order that he may confirm his covenant. In order to honor what he's promised you through Jesus Christ. If you put this in the New Testament or the New Covenant. Now let me tell you something. This word power. Yes, it means ability. Yes, it means talent. Yes, it means opportunity to get wealth. But you, you want to know what the biggest, the most um, important aspect of walking in God, God's prosperity for you and I? Think about what you think I might say. What do you think is the most important ingredient to walk in God's prosperity? Some would say faith. It's not. 
It's wisdom and insight. I like to look at it this way. God created the world. Do I get an amen right there? Do you believe that he created the world? Well, then, if he created the world, and he did, then he knows where he put the riches. You think he put all the wealth in this world, you know, the gold, the silver, uh, you know, the oil, the coal. You think he, he put all those precious metals and stones, the diamonds, into the world for the devil and his bunch? No. He put it here for you and I. He put everything on this earth for, to, to, to sustain life and to fulfill our place in him. It's already here. So let's say 200 years ago I had an ancestor and he had this bag of gold and he just, he dug it, you know, he dug a big hole and he dumped this bag of gold into the earth and he covered it up, you know, put a bunch of plants and rocks around it so nobody would, you know, find it. And he wrote out, you know, a little treasure map that got passed down from generation to generation. Well, that, that map is the wisdom to get wealth because it tells me where it is. You see this book? It's a treasure map of not only where the wealth is, but how to extract it out of the earth to receive it to fulfill God's blessing on our lives. Now, don't get quiet on me. Is, is that blue the truth? See, God showed us. You see, this is not only the will of God, this is the mind of God. And when we put his mind in our spirit, then you start seeing through his eyes. And he will show us by giving us power of this wisdom to get wealth. Somebody probably should be running right now. Somebody should be screaming right now. Somebody needs to be going, glory to God, right now. Amen? See, what happens is that we hear these kind of things and it seems so far-fetched, we, we allow it to go. Whoosh. And then the service just turns out to be a little bit of a sugar buzz and then you walk out the same way you walked in. Amen. So he's given us the power to have an overflowing supply. You see, he has gifted us. Every one of us has a particular uh, level of, of knowledge and wisdom and intelligence. Each one of us has a different measure of abilities and capabilities. Each one of us has different opportunities that are afforded to us. 
And when you find yourself in him and you start following him, he'll show you how to bring those things alive that he put inside of you that will prosper you up beyond your biggest dreams. Amen? So, it is the will of God to prosper us financially because financial ability or abundance is part of our redemptive plan. Is part of our redemption through Jesus Christ. I want you to see this again. We looked at this last time. Go to 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 9. Now, we've already found out that this overflowing supply of abundance is going to come through God's grace. Remember that? And this, this scripture will echo that. 2 Corinthians is right next to 1 Corinthians. That was a, a bad joke. <laughs> chapter 8. Let's look at verse 9. So this is just a chapter before where we found the definition for godly prosperity. 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 9, it says, For you know, what do I know, Lord? The grace. The grace of who? The Lord Jesus Christ. So this is talking about all grace that has been afforded to you and I through what Jesus did on the cross, what he did through his uh, Resurrection, what he did for us when he sat down at the right hand of God. So this is already in the bank of heaven, ready for you to make a withdrawal on. This is a past tense reality. All of God's redemption is a past tense reality. It's already yours. It's already mine. You, God gave you salvation before you received it. Your salvation was, had your name on it 2,000 years ago. Here's Bruce's salvation. I'm putting it in the bank of heaven. Bruce, when you wake up and, and you figure this out, it's here waiting for you. That's why it's unbiblical to ask the Lord to save somebody. He can't do something for you that he's already done. They're already saved. No, I need to pray, Lord, let Bruce wake up and see the salvation has already been provided for him through Jesus Christ. That's the prayer I need to pray. Yeah. Open their eyes. Open their eyes. Don't, oh, Lord, do this. Oh, Lord, do that. No, he's already done it. Oh, Lord, heal so-and-so. Well, he's already healed so-and-so. Open their eyes. They can see, and they can receive that which has already been purchased for them. Oh, Lord, prosper so-and-so. He's already prospered us. And I'll prove it in this scripture. You ready? Well, you're talking really stern tonight. That's because there's a religious devil that's been sown in our minds that we're supposed to be broke and poor. And if we get to heaven, we're going to be lucky. And we need to sacrifice that religious cow that's been living in our heads. We just got to kill it. And so you got to talk bold. You can't go, yeah, I, 
you know, I, I think God prospered us. You, you, yeah, you, you, you can't talk like that. You've got to talk like you believe what the Bible says. And so we're going to sacrifice that religious cow that's been living in our mind that we, we just, we're, you know, we're not even worthy to have just a little bit. No, no. No, no. You with me? Where are you at? I got two people paying attention. That's, that's it. That's it. I, I only need two. I, I only need two. Glory to God. Because the Lord, I, dare I tell you what the Lord spoke to my heart about BFC and. The, and all y'all. Ready? You know, meaning you believe, and you're walking in the light of the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. That he, that's Jesus, was what? Rich. That word rich means abundantly blessed our definition for prosperity but yet for your sake because you were poor he took your place on the cross and he became poor not having a full supply not only when he climbed on that not only when he climbed up on that cross was everything taken from him of work of earthly goods for goodness sake, they took his robe and sold it. I wouldn't be surprised if the religious leaders confiscated his house. And who knows what Judas did with the money back. He was not only financially poor on the cross, but he became spiritually poor. Understand that poverty is a spiritual condition. And that's why you can't solve poverty by giving people money. Because they're not just poor financially. They're poor in spirit. You know how much money we have thrown at what we call the impoverished, the, the, the people in poverty, especially in our in our inner cities, how much money our government has thrown at them. And they're no different today. Why? Because they have a spiritual condition of poverty. And no matter how much money you get and give to them, it'll be gone before the end of the week. And they'll be right back to that spiritual condition that they were before you gave them money. Now, I'm not saying that we shouldn't give money to the poor. That's, that would be ridiculous. I'm not saying that. But I'm saying you can't cure something spiritual with something physical. And that's what our problem is. It's a spiritual problem. It's a spiritual problem. Thing that has happened to us to hold us where we are financially. Anybody getting happy yet? Amen. 
<laughs> Somebody's getting it. So Jesus was rich spiritually. That, that's his nature. Yet for your sakes, he became poor spiritually. That you or me, through him bearing away our spiritual condition of poverty, he would make us what? Rich. What? Rich. Here's that word rich again. Yeah. What's rich mean? Abundant supply. Now this is talking about not dollars and cents. It's talking about spiritually. In our spirit, we have a prosperity mentality in Christ. See, for those people that grew up in an impoverished condition, that creates a self-image in them. And it holds them in that image that they have of themselves. And so they begin trying to get money the world's way. And they're held in that mindset and can't get out because that's who they see themselves to be. They never see themselves with their bills paid. They never see themselves with not having any debt. They never see them with money streams coming to them. They never see themselves with money in the bank. They don't see themselves with their own house, their own car that's paid for that everything has to do with a debt mentality. They think they're rich when they have got a credit card to put things on and buy by time. That's rich to them. I can buy that TV. But you, they don't own the TV, the bank owns it. And now they've enslaved themselves to the system of debt that this nation has been built on. Hey, I'm, I'm working on this too, kids. Amen? So it tells me right here that you and I are what? Rich. See, I don't go into my, my billfold and open it up and, and, and let it determine if I'm rich or not any more than I would go to my behavior to determine whether I'm righteous or not. Don't you know that my righteousness is not based on my behavior? My righteousness is that gift of righteousness through grace that has been bestowed upon and deposited in me. That's who I am. It's not what I do. Remember how long it took to get past that revelation? Well, we got to do the same thing with, with this poverty mentality. You're now, according to the Word of God, you are rich spiritually. That's who you are. The Bible says that you're a king. He says you shall reign in life as a king. Not as a pauper. Not as a barely getting by person. 
that we don't even see ourselves as royalty. For goodness sake, we are the child of the almighty God. Now, remember, we're that as an act of his grace towards us. has nothing to do with Brucey and how good he is. Right? Because my righteousness is as filthy rags. He bestowed his righteousness on me freely by his grace. And if it wasn't for him, I wouldn't have it. And the same is true with me seeing myself rich. Have you ever gone into a store? I did this one time at Penny's when there, my wife would, well, we, well, Tanya used to work up there, David's wife, and we'd go up there and she'd chat with, with Tanya. And, and I, I decided I'm going to walk through the store and look at all the stuff I like. And instead of going up, you know, and seeing a set of pots and pans, you know, hey, they're pretty cool. And I see the price tag, you know, 400 bucks. And instead of going, I can't afford that, that would be seeing myself, humanly speaking, and according to my pocketbook and my checkbook and my savings account, and how much money I had in my pocket at the time. I decided to go around and go, I can afford that. I, yeah, I, I, yeah, I'm rich. Oh, I, I could get that for so-and-so. I know. Look at this. This is cool. They've been wanting that. I can handle that. I'm rich. What am I doing? I'm acting on self-image, how I see myself, how God has made me. And I'm practicing it. I'm not talking about being greedy. I'm talking about changing a poverty mentality in an abundant supply mentality because of who I am in Christ. He says here in 2 Corinthians 8 9 that I am rich. Now, it's not going to come to us until we see us that way. It's called mind renewal. So Jesus became poor so that you and I could be rich, so you and I could be abundantly blessed. I think we're going to stop right here in a moment. <laughs> Boy, I know you're disappointed, but... <laughs> <laughs> oh, come on, man. I've been beat up enough. Well, we're, we're, remember, we're sacrificing that cow, that religious cow in our mind that says, nah, 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 you can't have no money. Now, I want you to listen to this. When believers like you and I, that we hear from the Word of God that is God's will for us to have an abundant supply. That truth doesn't seem real to us. Oh, we know that it says these things in the Word of God. Some of us can even quote them. 
but it's not real to us. And I can prove that by just listening to how we talk. Do you know that you can always locate yourself by listening to yourself and how you react to circumstances? Not how you talk when everything's going good. I'm, I'm talking about when we come under pressure. Like when you hit your thumb with, uh, you know, a hammer. You find out what's in you right away. If you go blankety-blank, blankly-blank, that's what's in you. Right? Now, remember, that's up here. That's not in your spirit because you're born again, but you're still being held captive and living out of your mind. Amen? Now, so when we come up to a circumstance and we're looking, you know, I hear people say this all the time. I'm broke. I'm out of money. I can't wait till that check comes in. You know, I'm never going to get ahead. I'm so deep in debt, you know, I can't even pay attention. We have all these cliches, we say, glorifying our impoverished condition. I can't afford that. Can you believe the gas prices today? I was just at the pump. They're almost three bucks a gallon. You know that that's a poverty mentality. What are you saying? I don't have enough. And that may be true, naturally speaking. That may be true, financially speaking. That may be the, 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 exactly the way it is in dollars and cents. But you're bowing your knee to who you are spiritually. Remember, you're a king. You're a child of God. And you're not just barely getting by. On the inside, you have been made rich. And if I can get that which is in me to get out here, that's when things begin to change. So listen to yourself and how you talk about finances. And if rich people irritate you, you got a ways to go. You got a ways to go because now you're now you're judging yourself because you got the potential to be that way financially. <laughs> Don't get quiet on me. Most of this stuff aren't in the notes tonight. Can you tell? I was a lot nicer with my notes. <laughs> Something changed when we started talking. Now get this: if you get nothing else. But this, it'll be well worth you spending the money to drive your car here tonight. Amen. Now, when I talk saying that I don't have enough, when I, when I talk about my financial situation in a negative way, even though that's true, naturally speaking. You see, when I make a mistake 
in my behavior, I don't just start saying, well, I'm just a sinner saved by grace. No, I still say I'm righteous when I, when I do something wrong. And that happens on a daily basis, by the way. Okay, I'm perfect in here, living in that which is not perfect. And every once in a while, this guy on the outside does something stupid. Just ask my wife. She'd love to tell you. Amen? Amen. But I don't stop believing that I'm no longer righteous. Right? Why? Because that truth and reality of me being righteous is is in here. And nothing out here is going to change that reality I have in here. So why am I saying I can't afford that? Why am I saying that, man, I got so much debt? Why do I keep talking about my financial situation in a negative way? Because I've got to get it in my spirit that I'm rich. And until it gets down here, I'm telling you right now, it's not going to change out here. And this is why the majority of Christians struggle day after day, week after week, month after month, year after year, financially. Because they see themselves that way. That's who they are. That's how they see themselves. And again, it's proven by how they talk about those things. See, only I can change this to agree with this. Get this. Now this, we're talking about me contradicting who I am in Christ and how I talk about money, right? This way of thinking, when I think with a poverty mentality, it creates that kind of believing with my heart. And when I believe that with my heart, it'll produce that's the way I talk about it. And then when I talk about what I think and what I believe, then I'm allowing that poverty circumstance to remain in my life because I'm saying what I believe and so it continues to remain the same. Let me say that again. If I talk poverty, the problem is my thinking. Because you can't change your believing until you change your thinking. Did you get that? This way of thinking will create the way that I believe. And the way I believe will begin to control how I talk about it. And how I talk about it will create what I'm saying. So if I keep saying what I have, what I have will always remain. If I keep talking poverty... I can never be blessed because Jesus says I can have what I say. So when I change my thinking, it changes my believing, which changes the way I talk and now changes what I'm creating. And that'll take time to get that thinking renewed to believe like this so it can drop down into our spirit and then we're believing and then that'll begin to control how we talk and when you change how you talk now your faith is effectual to create what you believe according to the word of God amen 
Amen? Now that was worth the gas it took for you to get here tonight. Right there. Go ahead and stand up. So just understand that your angels are listening to what you're saying. And they'll bring to you what you say. They're hearkening unto your voice. And they can only bring us what we're commanding them to bring. Right? Check this out. Proverbs 23, 7. For as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. You know, if I have any obstacle in my life, the first thing I need to do is locate what I'm saying about it. And that's usually the reason why you have that obstacle in your or my life. I'm having trouble with this person. How are you talking about that person? They're a bum. They treat me like this. You can have what you say. This kid of mine, he's not worth anything. What a bonehead. I gave him my best and look at him. Well, guess what? You're speaking over that individual to remain the same. What about that grandchild? He's no better than a sack of rocks. You know, I can't believe he's like that. Bonehead. Really? That's what I'm speaking over him? Change my thinking. Align my thinking with the way God thinks. It'll drop down into my spirit. And it'll get a hold of my tongue. And I'll start, I'll start, I'll start expressing what I got in my heart with my tongue. Right? And for out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth will speak. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Amen. This is the rudder of my ship. These are the reins that are pointing the horse in the direction I want it to go. My tongue. An aircraft carrier is steered by a small rudder. And that little rudder turns that huge ship wherever the guy with the steering wheel points it. Has total control on where that ship is going and where it will end up. Our tongue determines where our life is going. And it'll either take us to the wrong place or it'll take us to his place. If I think, believe, and talk like God. Father, I know this was a little, a little bit much tonight. I know it was a lot. To, Lord, it was steak, and we're still chewing on it. But you know, we are rich in the same way that we are righteous, in the same way that we're born again, in the same way that we're the children of God, in the same way that God the Holy Spirit lives in us. It's a truth. It's a reality.
Give us the courage. Give us the, the strength. Give us the wisdom to embrace this truth. Help us to change the way we see ourselves. May we stop seeing our self-image by our experience. May we see ourselves overcoming in this financial realm that, that, that poverty will not govern to us how we have to live our life or what we can do for Jesus Christ. Help us to take these shackles of this poverty mentality off by getting the Word of God into our mind. That we would adapt your image of ourselves, who we are right now in real time ever since we confess Jesus as our Savior. That we are rich. That we have an abundant supply. That we have the power to get wealth. We have the power to lord over money. Help us to get that image, Jesus. We thank you for it now. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, I meant to talk about the, uh, the three legs of prosperity. We just might get there next time. Who knows? It could happen, amen? We just got to come out and see where the Holy Spirit takes us. You guys are awesome. Hey, thank you for hooking up tonight. God bless you. We love you. All right, you guys. We'll see you next time whenever that is. Amen? So long, farewell, na 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 na.